Welcome to the Glass House Murphy Center on the campus of Middle Tennessee State University. I'm Chris Yao. We've got Mo Patton here, and we hope that you guys are having a fantastic, fantastic Wednesday. If wet. It's it's a wild, wacky, and wet, and wet Wednesday. Wednesday. There is no doubt as we look outside, it is just pouring. pouring. But you know what? I'm not complaining. It, it could be ice, and it's not, so we'll take that, and there's no doubt. Tonight is Greek night here at Murphy Center as Middle Tennessee State men's basketball welcomes the Jacksonville State Gamecocks. We are going to be talking a little bit about that later in the show, along with other Middle Tennessee college basketball teams with Joe Sullivan as he joins us on Wednesday at 325, as he typically does. We've also got our regular Wednesday <laughs> guest back, I guess. We're starting back with, uh, as NASCAR gets closer and closer, we are going to be joined by Heather Williams and talk a little bit about what NASCAR's got going on. They dumped a bunch of news on us last night, so it works out perfect that we, uh, we have Heather on today. And, of course, there's some Titans news and restructuring of the front office or at least, I guess, somewhat of the vision is now out. So, Mo, it's going to be a good show. Yeah, we've got a lot to talk about, obviously. Okay, so I said I wouldn't complain. Maybe that's changed. It's, oh my gosh! Yeah, it started. You to can pick, hear it. Yeah, it started to pick up a little bit out there, and you can hear it on the the roof of the Murphy Center here. Yeah, yeah. At least we're parked close. We are parked close. We'll take the yeah, absolutely. So yeah, yeah this is this is going to be fun. Going to be a good show. Always good when we can be here in the glass house. A hundred percent. I one hundred percent agree. So. Let's do this. Mm -hmm. Let's get into yesterday's results and today's schedule, Mo, on the rundown. This is the rundown. High school girls basketball action from Tuesday night. Middle Tennessee Christian defeated Battleground Academy 74-44. Blackman with a 47-17 win over Siegel. Clarksville down Kirkwood 64-15. It was Good Pasture 52, Clarksville Academy 45. Rossview with a 59-13 win over Clarksville Northeast. Cookville defeated Wilson Central 70-31. Donaldson Christian 52, Ezel Harding 27. Father Ryan with a 34-22 win over Brentwood Academy. Eagle Bull 75, Fayetteville 70. Sounds like a good one there. Uh, Franklin Road Academy with a 68-19 win over University School of Nashville. Hendersonville defeated Cross County rival Gallatin 47-29. Tullahoma with a 53-27 win over Giles County. It was Harpeth Hall 41, Ensworth 30, Henry County 53, Kenwood 22. Joe Burns defeated Todd County Central of Kentucky 69-68. Uh, 
Overton 53, I'm sorry, Overton 52, Antioch 43, Lawrence County 60, Murfreesboro Central 54, Lebanon with a 63-31 win over Laverne, Macon County defeated White House 45-35, Hillsborough 62, McGavick 17, Sycamore 69, Montgomery Central 12, Nashville Christian doubled up Davidson Academy 72-36, it was Upperman 48, Oakland 35, Summertown with a 49-43 win over visiting Perry County, Pope Prep 57, St. Cecilia 21, Richland with a 51-47 win over Cornersville, Rockvale with a 60-47 win over Riverdale, Springfield defeated Clarksville Northwest 43-41, it was Stewart's Creek 62, Smyrna 20, Waverly with a 47-41 win over Houston County, Cheatham County defeated White House Heritage 51-31, Dixon County defeated Zion Christian 60-36, and missing for some reason Columbia Academy with a comeback 56-53 win over Grace Christian Academy. Certainly get MainStreetMurray.com. Boys basketball action last night. Battleground Academy 64-45. Winners over Middle Tennessee Christian. Single downs Blackland 56-52. Kirkwood 65-52. Winners over Clarksville. Clarksville Academy 54-48 against Good Pasture. It was Rossview 100. Clarksville Northeast 44. Ooh. Columbia Academy a 52-40 win over Grace Franklin. Cookville 76, Wilson Central 50, Donaldson Christian Falls to Ezel Harding 47-37, Brentwood Academy a 59-51 winner over Father Ryan, Fayetteville Downs Eagle 72-68, a pair of really good games it appears mm-hmm. in that one. University School of Nashville 43-41 against Franklin Road Academy, Gallatin Downs Henderson to a 51-45, it was Tullahoma 64, Giles County 58, Henry County Downs Kenwood 51-48. Hume Fogg, a 49-40 winner over Lawson. Joe Burns down to Todd County Central of Kentucky, 64-48. Antioch, 54. John Overton, 40. Knowledge Academy is a 57-42 winner over Franklin Christian. It's Lawrence County, 70. Murfreesboro Central, 58. Laverne, 46-35 against Lebanon. White House downs Macon County, 70. to 66. Glencliff, a 65-64 winner in a barn burner there over Martin Luther King. Innsworth, 57. NBA 47, Hillsborough Downs McGavick 80 to 15, East Robertson 58, Merrill High 34, I'm sorry 38. It was Montgomery Central 44 41 winners over Sycamore, and for some reason that just jumped to the bottom. Friendship Christian 72 38 winners over Mount Juliet Christian, Nashville Christian falls to Davidson Academy 54 41, Upperman 65, Oakland 41, Summertown 64 61 winners against Perry County it was Richland 69 52 over Cornersville. Rockville 72-45 over Riverdale. Springfield falls to northwest of Clarksville 57-50. Smyrna edges at Stewart's Creek 74-73. Not edging Stratford was East Nashville 77-27 over the Spartans. Houston County 63. Flip and reverse at Waverly 36. Providence Christian, 65-53 winners over Webb School. Cheatham County falls to White House Heritage, 65-38. Zion Christian, 77. Dixon Academy, 33. And in men's basketball action last night, Belmont drops its fourth straight. This one to Illinois State, 77-67. Today's schedule, um, high school basketball. Laverne is a cookbook. That's a 6 o'clock start. These are all doubleheaders all starting at 6 o'clock with the girls. Laverne is at Cookville at 6, Brentwood is at Independence at 6, Smyrna is at Lebanon, Beach goes to Mount Juliet, Page hosts Centennial, Ravenwood takes home visiting Franklin, Greenbrier is at Station Camp, and Nolansville travels to Summit. Men's basketball action, 6.30, right down there. 
Jacksonville State is here at the Glass House taking on the Blue Raiders of MTSU. On the women's side, Middle Tennessee State is at Jacksonville State. That's a 6.30 start as well. In the association, Memphis goes to Miami. That's a 7 o'clock tip-off. Nothing on the ice tonight? Nothing on the ice tonight. Nothing on the ice tonight. That is your rundown. Top Stories brought to you by Piggly Wiggly, Neely's Mill Shopping Center in Columbia. Make sure to go by and get your fresh hand-cut meats, delicious daily lunch specials, and, of course, produce, all of that. Cost plus 10 at the registers. Piggly Wiggly, Neely's Mill Shopping Center in Columbia. Mo, before we get into this top story, we would be remiss if we did not say congratulations to Todd Helton mm. for his impending induction. Impending. He will be inducted as part of the 2024 Baseball Hall of Fame class later this summer. I'm not sure exact date, but joining him will be Adrian Beltre, Joe Maurer, and of course, Jim Leland, who was voted in earlier, well, late last year by one of the subcommittees. And we've talked about this before. Todd Helton will become the second former Southeastern Conference baseball player inducted into the Baseball Hall of Fame. It's for for the for the players that have come through that conference, for him to only be the second really is mind boggling. And how about this? Both of them also played football. Ha. Huh. In college, that's that is very weird, right? That that is very. What well, is the South, though? I mean, <laughs> yes, yeah, it's football scheme, right? Yeah, both played first base. But I'm telling you that the the similarities are just insane. Both played for teams that started with C. Chicago and Colorado. Colorado. <laughs> I'm telling you, it's 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 weird. It's pretty uncanny. <laughs> Hopefully, as I posted on my Facebook page, there will be no commercials for Todd involving. What? Yeah. yeah, any any of those things. Yeah. Now, did you see the video from Thomas Harding last night? I did as not. Todd Helton got the call. That was a pretty pretty uh, emotional moment for he and his family. It was really cool to watch, and glad that Thomas was able to to be there and to document. That yeah, situation. we we tried to get him on today, but travel plans. I feel like kind he's of, probably yeah, he's yeah. probably a little busy. <laughs> well, well, he's traveling. Yeah. Yeah. So. In fact, he offered to do, you know, to record something earlier, but we had so much else going on pre-show that just wasn't going to work out. But we're going to try to get him on here at some point real soon. To, uh, so I, I actually have a weird connection to Todd Helton. Uh, my best friend it's his, uh, his nephew. So he's my best friend's uncle. Oh, I know. It's crazy, I was right? say Todd. Todd's his nephew. How old is your best friend? Well, okay. So, so how 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 much of a connection do you have? Yeah, how, so, how connected are you? I've met, I've met him a couple times. Uh, can you super, get a phone number though? That's the real question. Can you get him on this? Can show? you get him on this show? That is, that is I can ask. I, 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 will, to. I will definitely ask. I definitely right. will. I know it's been a huge deal for them. I've seen his uh, trophy room at his house in Knoxville. It's insane. Like Justin. Todd Helton, other than January 31st, Todd Helton has an open invitation to come on this show. <laughs> I got okay. you. Okay, so closed mouths don't get fed, Justin. 
I know. I see no, no, no. And, and Now's as good of a time as any. To give exhibit A of said. Yeah, all right. No, so, so here's the I'm thing. January 30th. On the 30th, this, my fault. Yeah, January 30th, next Tuesday, on this show at 225, you guys will be privileged enough to hear from the voice of the Atlanta Braves on Valley Sports, Brandon Gauden will join us. I'm fired up. 2024 NSMA Broadcaster of the Year for the State of Georgia. And he will be on this show joining us at 225 next Tuesday. Put it in your calendar. Mark it down. Do not miss it. The reason I say that is because I, t- I tweeted at him. I was like, hey, congrats. He said, thanks back. So I shot my shot after Mo said, hey, shoot your shot. Shoot your shot. <laughs> So I tweeted back and said, hey, we'd love to have you come on the show. A couple DMs later, Brandon Gauden is coming on the show. So, yeah, just so we say that to say this, Justin. Ask. Your your assignment is to get Todd Hilton on the show. (laughs) I would say say we're pretty close. He uh, the first time I met him, he like smushed my mustache on my face. He's like, that looks dumb. He's a very intimidating guy, but uh, I got this. I got y'all. And, and you promptly shaved it off, right? <laughs> and you were like, okay, was no more mustache. Very, exactly. He had, Barry, he had Barry Bonds' bat in his garage. like In his, his garage? In his garage. Not in like his trophy case. Just in exactly. the garage. Exactly. <laughs> well, one of them's in the Hall of Fame. Right. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. Good, good I'm not saying. Man. I'm just saying. <laughs> yep. Anyway. That's, yeah. Oh, let's get into our actual top story. Yeah, we probably should. Uh, Tennessee State made an announcement in regards to his football program. They must have been real tired of Middle Tennessee State just consistently barraging Middle Tennessee and, and, and their social medias with big-time coaching hires because Eddie George said, All right, then. hold Bet. my yep. Gatorade or yes, whatever. He, yes, hold my water. <laughs> yes. He goes out and gets hmm. one of the, if not the, premier offensive coordinators in all of FCS football. Goodness gracious. Tyler Roll, formerly of North Dakota State, has been named associate head coach and offensive coordinator for the Tennessee State Tigers. Tyler Rowe, <clears throat> All-America running back at North Dakota State. You wouldn't pull the guy from his alma mater. <laughs> and I wonder if he's got one of those, claw- one of those Gerard Mayo clauses in his contract. Well, he has been named associate, associate head coach and OC. He was at North Dakota State for 11 years, um, last five as play caller for the Bisons. Um, they went to the national finals three years and won it in 29 and 21. Um, over his tenure at NDSU, they have won seven FCS championships, eight Missouri Valley football conference championships so this guy is not only is he an ndsu grad but he is from west fargo that is not just his that's his hometown Mm -hmm. i mean 
He this? came down here, saw the snow, and was like, well, it's not much different at all. He and Brian Callahan must have been here the same weekend. Wait, huh? y'all don't y'all, y'all don't have a dome? <laughs> not yet. Soon enough. <laughs> not, not yet. Soon enough. Yeah. Um Tyler. This is This may be the this this may be the biggest coaching news in the FCS this offseason. And what does this do for recruiting? I think it's massive. I think I think it opens up your recruiting to a, a more national level because this is a guy who's been to the mountaintop. He knows what it takes to get there. He can go and get guys from that. Well, I mean, let's look at it. Where is all of the, where are all the best teams in the FCS? Montana, South Dakota, North Dakota State. They're all up there in the same area. Now you've got a guy who can recruit that area. This is, I mean, this is huge. I'm talking like there, Sam Herter of FCS Nation Radio. Dude was in absolute shock. It was announced on January 8th that Tyler Roll had been elevated to NDSU's associate head coach. And now they've gone and gotten him away. Was he the head coach in waiting at NDSU? I mean, I'd, I'd love to learn more about this situation, and hopefully we will learn more about it in the coming days. But I just... I will say this. TSU's tweet has been deleted. TSU's tweet regarding the hire has been deleted? I mean, obviously the press release is still here. We're looking at it. So I assume that everything's still good, but mm. the original tweet has been deleted. That's interesting. Now there is, okay, so they just did a, a different tweet. They probably had his at wrong or something mm, okay. and re, just redid it. But but the original tweet, I was like, uh, wait a minute, it's not it's not there. But no, he, he's still coming and he's, okay. right. taking, he's taking the same position. I, I mean, they, they literally just promoted him at North Dakota State. Mm-hmm. And instead he wants to come to Nashville to an HBCU that plays in the OVC. But I, I think one of the great mysteries of this HBCU in the OBC has been why they've not been able to consistently be successful in it. I mean, everything that well, Tennessee... part of it's when they came. I mean, they came at the same time as Jacksonville State, who was a, a, a powerhouse. Tennessee State? To the OBC. No, Tennessee State's been in the OBC since late 80s. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I thought it was mid nineties. No, 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 no. In fact, they won. Um, they won the OVC back to back years, like ninety eight, ninety nine, something like that, with LC Co. Um, I mean, they've had some success. They've just not sustained it. And right. in you know, as Derek Mason and his staff said when they were at Bandy, you know, you're you're in the city. You're you're in the SEC. You know. TSU is in Nashville, the it city. 
and the only HBCU that plays for a FCS national title. Yep. So, I mean, it's interesting, again, that they've not been able to sustain success. Especially when UT Martin has found success, you know, and it's not like... It, it's not a conference thing. Yeah. I don't think. It's, it's not. Now, now, that said, UT Martin and Austin P weren't able to get to the top right in postseason play but yeah. they've they've i think jacksonville may be the only ovc team to make a national championship game in the last 30 years yeah probably and so i mean there was a time when when eastern was yeah but they've been out of the conference for what eight ten years now probably you know mtsu has some sustained really success years on a national level never got to a championship game but certainly there were some games that champions came through here sure so um but yeah i, I just think this is a hire that really elevates tsu on so many different levels i'm, I'm excited to see how this goes you know when we talked about eddie george taking the job with without any real coaching experience, especially at the head coaching level. These are the kind of people we felt like he needed to surround himself with in order to be successful. I don't know how difficult it was a recruiting pitch to those coaches in the beginning, but, and I don't know that he did make those pitches. I don't know how he went about, mm -hmm. you know, make, putting together his staff in the first in the first place. But it's clear that Eddie George wants to win because and, – and not just Eddie George, but his administration just made a massive, massive move in order to give him what he needs to be successful at this level. Sure. Absolutely. And you can't ask for much more than that. Um, role replaces former offensive coordinator Theron H who had replaced Hugh Jackson as OC when he went to Grambling mm -hmm. Hugh who has since left has since, yeah. yeah not of his own accord <laughs> TSU six and five this past year. Um, lost their season finale thirty-five nothing to Tennessee Tech, who promptly fired Dwayne Alexander. Yeah, I, still I. I don't know. They opened their season against Mississippi Valley State. They better win that in the John Merritt Classic. Didn't they play North Dakota State on the road? No. In game two. Oh goodness. Just FYI. Oh, okay. That that will be that's a little spicy. Unique. <laughs> that's a little spicy. That 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 is that is something. Yeah, is what that is. So just letting you know, they mm -hmm. got to go to Fargo September seventh. Well, you might want to put that one on your calendar, folks. Shouldn't be 
overly cold in September. No, no, but it'll still be in a dome, so it won't matter. <laughs> the Fargo Dome exists, and thank goodness for that, right? All right, let's uh, take a break. Heather Williams is standing by. We've got NASCAR to talk about, and we will get to it in just a moment. So stick around here on Main Street Sports Day, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. We're back in a moment. Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact us at 931-381-2663 or www.mtbj.net. With Lee Company Technology, the best handymen are hands-off. Lee Company Techs have been using visual findings and other smart technology tools for years to add transparency and virtually take customers along. You see what we see, whether we're in a crawl space or on a roof. With Lee Company, technology helps us help you no matter what's happening in the world or at your house. Jones and Lang Sporting Goods here in Columbia has been outfitting teams, officials, and anybody else from T-ball to college for 50-plus years. Be sure and check them out at 931-388-8060 or online at jonesandlang.com. Jones and Lang Sporting Goods, the look of a winner. Zion Christian Academy, zioneagles.org or 931-388-5731. You can schedule your appointment. Go toward their campus. It is beautiful over there, and you're definitely going to want to see it. Again, it's zioneagles.org. Give them a call, 931-388-5731, and schedule your tour today. Custom Stone Handler supplies over 600 distributors and suppliers with quality stone products. Along with River Stone, we produce and distribute over 100 building, landscape, and other bulk products. Our goal is to provide quality products, service, and partnerships to ensure our customers' success. We firmly believe that the measure of any person or company is how they treat other people and customers. Give them a call at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. A game without a crowd is just a scrimmage. A performance without an audience is just a rehearsal. Without your presence, high school sports and the performing arts aren't possible. Ensure that these essential extracurricular activities continue to enrich the lives of students in Tennessee. Purchase a ticket to your local high school's game or performance. This message presented by the TSSAA. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. We specialize in orthopedic service, and our ortho quick walk-in clinic lets you bypass the ER. Visit us online at www.mtbj.net. From the Murphy Center here on the campus of Middle Tennessee State University again tonight. Jacksonville State is in the glass house for a men's basketball game at 6:30. Make sure to come on out. It is Greek night, so but I, I'm, I don't think there are going to be any any uh, baklava to be had. I wonder if there will be any togas any, oh, to be had ooga. or to be seen. <laughs> Let's hope not. <laughs> Let's. Oh, it's Let's. gonna be it's gonna be a crazy night. Gonna be a lot of fun, and of course, we'd love to have you guys uh, come on out to this game. But if not, Joe Sullivan and I will be courtside. Mo, will you be back in time? Hopefully. 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 So, Mo was Mo was hoping to make it back in time, and we'll. Yeah, Mo. Mo's got Mo has state bowling to go to, where Columbia Central's Alex Davis is at the top of the ladder. 
in the Division One finals. So um, if all goes well, we'll have a state champion in Murray County by the time I get back. That would be cool. Yeah. All right. So all of that's still coming up. Right now, we are not going to talk in circles with Heather Williams. But <laughs> We're going to talk about going in circles. That's right. <laughs> we are, in fact, as NASCAR is quickly approaching, it's only been like six weeks since we've had her on because <laughs> well, NASCAR's off-season is about as about as long as the naps I take. <laughs> and so that's about it. But uh, Heather, again, not a very long time no see. <laughs> We're talking NASCAR. I thought you were going to have y'all to talk about the Chiefs. Well, we can do that. We too. we can talk. You know, we can talk Chiefs, but, uh, and I'm sure you got plenty to say. But um, we we need you to talk a little NASCAR. Fair enough. Fair enough. We because we can. <laughs> well, you know, Heather. Once again, welcome back. Sure, always, I love us coming on. Always fun to have you, and it <laughs> when we. When we decided that we needed to start having you on, we did not anticipate NASCAR dropping all of their news the night before. On one day. How, how perfect <laughs> and fortuitous is this? Yeah, because uh, we have plenty to talk about. Pick your poises, whatever direction you want to go. Well, I'll tell you what. Let's start with something that's semi-mundane but really cool, I think, and is obviously going to be great for the teams. And uh, part of it, you know, the folks at Trackhouse were a big part of getting this done. Pits, pit road advertisements have always been just like banners. They're now allowed to be digital so that your sponsor can change in each pit stop. And that's pretty cool, right? I mean, NASCAR is really kind of getting with the times, I guess. It's going to be interesting. It is kind of cool. I mean, I think it is when there's a night, night race, one of the coolest things is, is to see the, the pit boards for the pit stops all lit up uh, with the LED lights and, and how beautiful that looks. So, um, you know, I guess it, it just kind of depends. If they start to get a little bit crazy, they could get a little distracting. But um, but I think it's gonna I think it's gonna be cool and it's it's good um, it's good for the for the sponsors, right? Because very many many times there are multiple sponsors on a car and this allows them to get more exposure. Uh, during the race, because um, if you buy a quarter panel or if you buy a hood, I mean, a, a deck lid, you're not as visible as who's on the hood. So now that right. giving those sponsors, if you want, if that's how you want to use this, um, more exposure during the race, a really good chance to see what those other sponsors are, other than the big, great big one that's just on the hood. Yeah, it makes sense. So I, I'm excited to see how, how it's utilized and, and and hopefully it won't be too distracting and someone runs into it. That would be uh, <laughs> that would not be great. But, yeah. It's but all yeah. fun and games till then, right? Right. Uh, and some of the other things, I, th I think this is this is a really interesting thing because this is this has nothing to do with the, the big, you know, the, the big circuit. But what's the point of decreasing the gallon size of the gas can? in Xfinity racing? To make them stop more, to bring pit stops more into it. I mean, they've gotten <laughs> so good at gas mileage and especially with the stage breaks and everything um, that there are very few green flag pit stops and there's not a lot of calculation in those shorter races. So, so it just makes strategy and green flag pit stops and calculating when to stop outside of those stage breaks just brings it into um, 
into play a little bit more than it has been, specifically in the Xfinity Series race, because the cup races are long enough that uh, you're still going to get some gas mileage things going on and, and some issues with, with mileage, but those Xfinity races being so much shorter, sometimes you only have to pit during the stage breaks and that's it. Yeah. So they are making the gas can smaller. Are they going to make the cars, gas tanks smaller as well? No, you just got a three-quarter no. tank instead of full. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> so so you can only put one can in. You can put as many cans as you want during a stop. Yeah. I mean, you could put three cans, I suppose. I mean, most most teams do two cans during a stop. But you're that's just going to elongate the stop, and you don't want to do that. Because mm -hmm. then you lose track position, and... You don't want to do that. But I guess you, I guess if you have more gas than everybody, you can get that track position back. <laughs> I mean, theoretically, yeah. but if there's the extra caution, then that blows out the window. There's yeah. more strategy in it, right? I mean, that's what we want. That's why people want the stage breaks back in the in the in the uh, road courses. You know, we try out that the strategy was just when they ran out of gas and didn't change any strategy whatsoever, and everybody was like, well. This is no fun. So we're going back. So I mean, anything that they could do to 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 break up and shake up the strategy, that's what they're that's what they're trying to do. Well, speaking of road courses, our friend Ian, who joins us from Australia on occasion and watching the show, welcome to Ian. Uh, he he says that SVG will show the Americans how to drive. Hasn't he already? Oh, I thought so. <laughs> he has he has been as good as anyone in I mean, in a short for S time. The challenge for SVG is going to be the, the the closed circuit stuff, right? Because he he obviously showed in the in the road course and then when he in the street race and in the road course that he's as talented, if not more so, at that discipline of racing than anyone in the Cup Series. He finished first in his first race and top ten in his second race. But when he drove a truck last year. Uh, in, a, in an oval at Indy, he finished 19th, you know, so that's where he needs to grow and learn. Super talented. Don't think it'll be an issue. He's running a ton of races between different series this year, so he will figure it out. But um, that's where the learning curve is going to be. But I think he has, when it comes to road courses and street courses, he's got nothing to prove. He's already proven he's as, as good as anyone in, in NASCAR right now. No, no question. All right. So oh, hold up, hold ahead. up, hold up. We need. We should have done this sooner. I was going to let you do it at at the end, but you can do it now. Well, That's I'm going to do. Well, I want to do it now because I might forget again. Heather brought home some hardware relative to her NASCAR coverage here recently, and I want her to tell us about it because I'm not real, real well versed on it. But I certainly want people to know that we don't bring you slaps. No, it's Main Street Sports today. National Motorsports Press Association's first place winner for live event broadcast television and second place for event oriented feature on television. Anything that, else? That, that sounds good. Is, it, is that good? That seems good. Yeah. Yes, first and second. I lost you guys a little bit, but yeah, National Motorsports Press Association. It's several hundred people from all disciplines of racing. So dirt racing, uh, drag racing, short track racing, NASCAR. F1 driver of the year was an F1 driver. So anyone that covers motorsports can be in it. And um, there's no divisions. So market 101 Bristol, Tennessee is going up against Fox Sports in these categories. So um, we took home a first and a second in two different categories and uh, pretty proud of that for our, our little tiny TV station. 
we're pretty proud of you and pretty proud to have you on the show. So, um, again, congratulations for that. Now, Thanks. <laughs> on with the show. We get back into it. Okay, so qualifying. We've talked about it on this show. Qualifying is changing a little bit. Can you explain what they're actually doing with the inside-outside groups and whatnot? So it's going to be basically a little bit like what they do with the duels, right? You know, you run the first rule, you run the second duel. So just doing that all year round with the, with the qualifying group. So they'll still pick the top 10 and they'll requalify the top 10. Just like at Daytona, we do qualify, we do the top first row. And then everybody else um, outside of the top 10, aside from Daytona, everybody outside of the top 10 will go the 11th place qualifier, from group one or the top qualifier outside of the top 10 would be the easier way to put it from group one would go 11th the top qualifier out of group two outside of the top 10 would go 12 back and forth back and forth oh. and i i think the reasoning behind that is that we found is that weather can qualifying is so long now the way they do it weather conditions track temperature all those kinds of things is giving one group an advantage over another and so that way, those that don't make the top 10, because when you're top 10, everybody's qualifying under the same conditions and it kind of evens itself out. But if you're in group A and everybody in group A, that it's, it's 10 o'clock in the morning, the track's cold, and you're not pulling as much horsepower as group B, where we now have rubber, it's now noon, the track's warmer, um, that track B, you're going to have way faster cars. So it's helping to even out and to not give just because qualified in A or B, an advantage in starting. It's just how you are relative to the, to the group that you're qualifying with at the same time. I think that's going to be, a, I, think, I think that's actually very forward thinking for NASCAR. It, and, and yeah, I mean, it obviously was making a difference. And, and I think everybody kind of saw that. So kudos to NASCAR for finding a way to figure it out. And, you know, I'm sure there, there will be some unintended consequences of this, but they'll, they'll figure that out in, in the meantime and, and continue going forward. So, Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm guessing it's something that came up with the drivers, right? I don't think that they just said, we're going to blow up qualifying on their own. I think it's probably a concern that drivers or teams had after seeing the data. And, you know, um, I don't pay a ton of attention to qualifying most weeks, but having worked qualifying for PRN at the Bristol race and really having to pay attention – the second group was faster than the first for the most part. Like the guy who was number one in group A probably would have been about seven or eight in group B. So, um, you know, it does make a difference. And so that's just helping even out the playing field a little bit. Especially if the track for track position is. All right. <clears throat> trying to think of what else there was there was something else trucks there was this trucks thing too uh they took away the uh, well, they made they made pit stops all be competitive um so. so so what they had done in the past is at the standalone truck series events um the pets pit stops were non-competitive in other words you went into the pitch like you do see at your local short track you, you go into the pit you pitch your car and you come out the same way you or you came in pit stops don't mean anything and actually, I, I've talked to my friends here locally that hold have a have a truck series team, and it's just going to 
Unfortunately, I'm not a huge fan of this particular rule because I think it's going to further separate the haves and the have-nots. Um, he was basically telling me that the pit crews and the truck crews have kind of become the wild, wild west. Because everybody's now got to pay money to have them at every race, instead of a lot of these truck series uh, teams just lease their pit crews from cup series teams. That's why when they're separated, they were not doing the competitive pit hmm. crews because you don't have to employ a pit crew. So now when the trucks are at, or when the cup is at, I think the weekends are different this year, but just as an example, last year, the cup series was at Atlanta and the Xfinity series was in Atlanta. Trucks were at Mid-Ohio. They did not have competitive pit uh, crews because all the pits were down in Atlanta. Well, now those tr- truck teams all have to find somebody to pit their crew in Mid-Ohio. <laughs> you know, and so obviously if you're former K- formerly KBM, now Spire Motorsports truck team, or you are Thor Sport, those teams have a lot of money. They're just going to go out and find some guy that uh, maybe got laid off because of contraction or whatever from Hendrick or whatever and pay them to pit their team. But if you're uh, Holloman uh, Racing, Holloman Friesen Racing, or you are Henderson Motorsports, just who I talked to today, you do not have a budget for a pit crew. So, you know, do you not race? How do you find the people? I don't pit your team. So I don't, I don't know that I like this one as much because it's, it's, it's further separating the haves and haves not and creating and creating an expense for truck teams, which already don't they don't make a lot of money. Most truck teams barely break even with travel with the prize money. I mean, all of their money has to come from sponsorships. So, but that but they've done that because the TV and the fans want to see competitive pit stops, so they say. Well, TV is what matters. <clears throat> <laughs> Sorry, it is what it is, and there's a lot of TV news to to, to take in, and, and obviously we're making up for lost time here, but a lot going on, including next Tuesday night, Netflix is debuting a new series, and it's all leading up to, of it's course, be amazing. It, it <laughs> is, uh, and, and I'll tell you, full disclosure, I I canceled Netflix about a month ago. So there just wasn't anything on it. (laughs) And now with the, which, I mean, I don't watch WWE, but a lot of folks who canceled are probably going to go back at now that they've got Monday Night (laughs) Raw. And, you know, they're really making a push for live sports and NASCAR's part of it. And this is going to be very interesting to to, to watch play out. I'm kind of excited for this, for, for this, this show as of course the, the clash at the Coliseum looms. Yes. Uh, a week from this Sunday. How wild yeah, is that? <laughs> it's, it's wild. As I've been going to all these preseason events, I'm like, I can't believe I'm doing this now. I was just in Nashville for the banquet like two minutes ago. <laughs> <laughs> Again, shortest off season in all of sports. Time flies when you're having fun, right? Well, yeah, there you go. There you Apparently go. we're having a party. Clearly, flu. <laughs> clearly, yes, yes. Yeah. Whether we know it or not, right? But, but yeah, we are we are certainly looking forward to getting back into the swig of things with, with you, Heather, out here on Wednesdays as we talk NASCAR each and every Wednesday. Make sure that you guys join us 
at 225 on Wednesdays. And, and Heather, as always, we appreciate it. We look forward to talking to you again. And, and I'm sure we'll have plenty to talk about next week after the first episode. And 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 before and, and before the clash. And yeah, before the clash. And Lord knows what else NASCAR decides to just hand out on random Tuesdays. <laughs> yeah. Well, we still have the, we still have the. Uh, the charter agreement decision looming. I think they want to get that finished and cleaned up before the start of the season too. So um, that'll be really interesting. Another storyline to keep our eye out on. No doubt. Heather Williams joining us. Heather, are your Chiefs going to win this Sunday? <sighs> Do you want the answer from my heart or from my head? Oh, well, I, we know the answer from your heart. So Because they're, they're in conflict right now. Um, you know, they can. I, I think that if the Chiefs are ma- not making mistakes and playing as good as they can play, as we saw last week against Buffalo, they can run with anyone in the league when they're playing to their full potential. The question is, is McCall Ardman going to drop pat- fumble balls? Is uh, Mar- Mar- Valdez Scantling going to drop passes? You know, are, is, are our tackles going to take plays off and get Patrick Mahomes in trouble because they're not blocking for him. You know, those are the questions that have to be answered. If the team shows up that shows up showed up last week in Buffalo, we may not win, but we will definitely be down to the wire. If the team that showed up that was playing around week 10 shows up, we'll lose by 20. (laughs) And there you go. Well, you're playing your best football at the right time. That's what matters. For sure. For sure. They are playing very good, very well right now. And, um, I mean, we have Patrick Mahomes. You can count us out. And, and isn't isn't the pressure kind of on Baltimore? I think so. Oh yeah, everybody has them as the as as the. I mean, for weeks have had them penciled in as the Super Bowl. Nobody had the Chiefs really. Once they got off to their kind of not so great start with Tony and and Sky Moore dropping passes and and making all mistakes, you know. Plus, they've all been there, right? Most of them have been there. They have their rings. If they don't get another ring. They might take a ding for not being a dynasty, but everybody already knows that they're good, right? Everybody knows what Patrick Mahomes is. His his legacy is already six. Be, <laughs> even, though not, even though he's not retired. But you know, does Lamar is Lamar Jackson in the conversation? If he wins two MVPs and wins a Super Bowl, then he starts to be in Mahomes' conversation. If he doesn't, he becomes Josh Allen, the guy who can never beat Patrick Mahomes in the playoffs. Yeah, all the pressures on Lamar and the Ravens, no doubt. Yeah. Heather, thank you. We will talk to you next week. Sounds good, guys. Thanks. We'll take a break. When we come back, we've got some NBA discussion and much more. So stick around. Main Street Sports Tech presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint is back after this. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact us at 931-381-2663 or www.mtbj.net.
Custom Stone Handler supplies over 600 distributors and suppliers with quality stone products. Along with River Stone, we produce and distribute over 100 building, landscape, and other bulk products. Our goal is to provide quality products, service, and partnerships to ensure our customers' success. We firmly believe that the measure of any person or company is how they treat other people and customers. Give them a call at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. A game without a crowd is just a scrimmage. A performance without an audience is just a rehearsal. Without your presence, high school sports and the performing arts aren't possible. Ensure that these essential extracurricular activities continue to enrich the lives of students in Tennessee. Purchase a ticket to your local high school's game or performance. This message presented by the TSSAA. With Lee Company Technology, the best handymen are hands-off. Lee Company Techs have been using visual findings and other smart technology tools for years to add transparency and virtually take customers along. You see what we see, whether we're in a crawl space or on a roof. With Lee Company, technology helps us help you, no matter what's happening in the world or at your house. Piggly Wiggly, located in Neely's Mill Shopping Center, is Columbia's locally owned and operated Cost Plus 10 grocery store dedicated to serving the community with low prices and smiling faces. Piggly Wiggly offers fresh, hand-cut meats daily as well as daily hot plate lunches from their deli counter. You're certain to see smiling faces and a helping hand when you're here at Piggly Wiggly. Come by and check out our fresh produce, high-quality meats, and more. Down home, down the street, we'll see you at the Pig. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. We specialize in orthopedic service, and our Ortho Quick Walk-In Clinic lets you bypass the ER. Visit us online at www.mtbj.net. Welcome back in Main Street Sports Day presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint in the Mobile Lee Company studio in the Glass House on the campus of Middle Tennessee State. It is Murphy Center and Jack State MTSU tonight. Going to be a lot of fun. We've already had some folks come up here and say they're not surprised to see us. When when these two teams get together, you're, you're, you're likely going to see us. I'm just, yeah. <laughs> it just is what Particularly it is. Particularly here. I mean, yeah. we've not made the trek to Jacksonville yet, but. That's well. It's probably coming. I I had I had slick pig today. You had slick pig. Today. I did. Well, that's on you. You could have got here earlier. Well, you could have said you were going too. I didn't know I was going until I got. So I, I <laughs> when I when I left the office, I, I I didn't know where I was going, and then I thought, oh, I should go to Slick Pig. Well, I had just passed uh, the I had just passed the the turn to get on Main Street. And so I had to go around the back way and then I was, but I got, I was right next to it and didn't realize it. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, well, this is perfect. I, I'm not too far away, but we'll have to make the comparison. The slick pig, Cooter Brown's comparison. Man. Not I, that I'm sure, not, not that it matters really. No, no. I mean, <laughs> once you get to a certain level, it it's really awesome. doesn't matter. But man, I've heard, I've heard so many great things about Cooter Brown's. That it's, I, I, it is worth it. So yeah. we're we're definitely gonna find our way to Jacksonville. Yeah, we're gonna no have question. to make a road trip. Um, oh, 
Before we go much further, we need to clean something up from our top story because a listener, and thank you, Rodney Elam, pointed out that a and and Hampton also play for the national title. Yes, yeah. that, that Tennessee State is not the only HBCU that plays for a FCS championship, right. that North Carolina A&T and Hampton what? also Are they in do. Colonial? I believe so. They were they were in the MEAT. Right. And they both left the MEAT. That's they why might I be was, in the Big South. They may be. That's yeah. why I got confused because they mm-hmm. weren't all, they didn't always. Yeah. TSU for a long time was. was the, yeah, but, but they are not. So again, thank you, Rodney, for pointing that out to us. We certainly want to be as accurate as possible. Get, yes. yes. So appreciate you bringing that to our attention. Now, all right, we get. Uh, okay, so so let me set this up. Please do. Okay, yesterday after the show, and before I went over to Columbia Academy for their basketball game against Grace Christian, I went and got something to eat. I'm sitting there and I'm scrolling through Twitter as I want to do. And I see that Milwaukee Bucks first year coach, Adrian Griffith has been fired. Did a little digging. Saw that the Bucks under first year coach, Adrian Griffith were 30 and 30 and 30 and 13. The second best record in the NBA. And you fired this guy. So, what do I do? Well, I reach out to our NBA expert, Landon Sechrist. And I said, hey. What's the deal? What? Hang on. Who, who, who thought this was a good idea? Mm-hmm. What's up with the Bucks firing a first-year coach who's 30 and 13? Been trying to figure it out. Caught me by surprise. Okay, so I feel better at this point because – Landon watches and knows as much NBA as anybody, and certainly more than me. And he was as shocked as we were. So, well, and, and we talked about this in the in the off season. The guy they fired and hired him didn't deserve to be fired. And so the rest of that story is that on CBS Sports yesterday, as they were talking about this, they said one of the potential replacements was Mike Budenholzer. I don't think that – I think the only the only person who was going to replace him is Has the replaced, replaced him. him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, apparently Doc Rivers is going to get the gig. But, I mean – Dude signed a four-year deal. So did you fire him too, hire Doc? Yep. Why didn't you hire Doc to start with then? That's a great question. He was available. Yep. Because the 76ers – Had fired him. D- did the same thing. Speaking of stupid, I, listen, man, the NBA coaching situation is absolutely ridiculous. Do you want to be a coach in the NBA? You certainly don't in Milwaukee. Well, but Doc, you, you but, just got but, fired from a successful organization. You had a good season and got fired. Now I know there was some issues with, with, with some of the superstars. I get that, and I guess that's the issue, that's the issue here, because. There were some superstars who apparently didn't feel very good about the situation. I thought, but I thought they were all on the same page. Superstars being Giannis and and Dame. They they might be on the same page. I thought all three of them were. Something has changed. 
I don't know what it is. It's 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 bizarre. I mean, and again, I preface all of it by saying I don't keep up a whole lot with the NBA. But when a guy who has the second best record in the league gets fired before the All-Star break, it's a little odd. After losing in the first round in the playoffs last year to the Heat, the Bucks fired Budenholzer and said they didn't know if they were going to sign, re-sign Chris Middleton and Brooke Lopez. Lopez was receiving heavy traction from Houston, blah, blah, blah. They weren't sure if Giannis would be extending. They braced for the possibility of taking a step back from this BleacherReport.com article I am reading. Mm-hmm. All of those factors contributed to why the Bucks felt comfortable in offering the head coaching job to someone who had never held the title prior. However, when the Bucks surprisingly pulled off the offseason's biggest acquisition by trading for Dame Lillard, expectations suddenly changed. Griffin <laughs> found himself in a win-now-or-else proposition, and then he and did. was. <laughs> and then he did. 30 and 13. <laughs> That's pretty win-now. This is, this is from now. I, this is sounds like a column to me. The defense took a dip, and while the offense has been stellar at times, it lacked fluidity and consistency. Players privately complained about their roles, touches, chemistry, and constantly questioned the schemes on both sides of the ball. Griffin attempted to draw the core players closer by having an airing out session. After they lost to the Pacers in the in-season tournament, he called a meeting with Giannis, Lillard, Middleton, and Lopez, all four spoke on what was working, what wasn't working, and how they could best be utilized. He was stern in telling the players that sacrifice was required, sources say. Okay, so I'm looking at a CBS Sports article from 23 minutes ago by Jack Maloney. Why the Bucks fired a coach who won 70% of his games? Nine incidents that led to Adrian Griffin's dismissal. Subhead, Griffin and his veteran players were never on the same page, and now Doc Rivers is in charge in Milwaukee. And as it says, it's got nine bullet points here as to why Adrian Griffin is no longer at the helm of the Bucks. Okay. So, and, and as you said, apparently... Over time, Griffin lost the locker room. The front office believed that drastic change was necessary. Listen... Yeah. Not everybody can be Phil Jackson. <laughs> While the timing of the decision remains surprising, the, the fact that the Bucks front office ultimately arrived at this point is not. Over the past few months, there have been numerous signs, some more obvious than others, that Griffin and his players were not on the same page. So basically, they're 30 and 13 because they have Giannis, Giannis and Dame. Dame, Middleton, and Lopez. Yeah. And the rest of the East sucks outside of Boston. They are 30 and 13 in spite of Griffin, not because of Griffin. Which, now to be fair, that's not unusual. was probably going to be the case yeah. with whoever the coach you was. Could, you you could have put me and you out there and probably won 25 games. Yeah, because I'm not moving and I'm not saying a thing. I, y'all go do Y'all go thing. play. Matter of fact, they'd probably love us. And we'd do it for half the price. <laughs> well, we just split it. Yeah. Go ahead, coaches. We'll just, half the price, we'll split that, and you'd be good to go. And you don't, I mean, and then if you fire us, well, you still got to pay us, apparently, because they're paying three of them Budenholzer, Griffin, Griffin and, Doc. and Doc Rivers. All drawing checks from the Bucks. Hey, I'm not mad at any of them. <laughs> Definitely and, not. And, and, and I'm, not mad at, I'm, not, I'm not mad at the Bucks. I mean, if that's how you want to spend it, go ahead. Yeah. Uh, but. but you know, Doc Rivers 
is certainly going to have his work cut out to get to the the finals. They've got they've got plenty of competition in in the Celtics, and once they get to the finals, who knows? Anyway, but but you got Giannis. You'll take your chances. You'll take your chances, no doubt. And we'll take a break. Mm-hmm. Got. Terry McCormick joining us, and there's plenty of Titans news to talk about, so stick around. Main Street Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bond and Joint, is back in a moment. Since 1975, Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint Clinic has treated the orthopedic needs of Middle Tennessee residents. The trained physicians provide surgical options and minimally invasive options to treat all orthopedic needs. The walk-in clinic, OrthoQuick, helps you bypass the ER while treating sports injuries and acute needs Monday through Saturday. Visit MTBJ online at mtbj.net or on social media at Mid-Tennessee Bone Joint Clinic. Welcome back in Main Street Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Time now to talk a little Titans with Terry McCormick, TitanInsider.com, powered by Zen Sports. Terry, how are you, sir? Doing well, doing well. It is a busy day in Titans land. A little <laughs> bit of shuffling around with the announcement of Brian Callahan as the new head coach, and certainly seems like a little step up in power for Rand Carthon, especially, and then also Chad Brinker. Uh, getting a promotion as well. Looks like, you know, the whole collaboration thing is good as long as the people are collaborating, but uh, it certainly looks like Rand Carthon is the one that's been appointed to run the show and uh, oversee everything and make sure that things are going in the direction that Amy Adams Strunk wants them to go. But also doesn't have to deal with like the, the, the grind of the day to day because they have what's the other guy's name? John. Uh, what's the other guy's name? The other uh, the guy under manager. The analytics yeah. guy. That's Chad Brinker, and then Chad. the other guy is uh, Robinson. Robin. His John. name is uh, Yeah, I think it's Anthony Robinson. So those, I mean, those guys are kind of dealing with the the, the grind portion of it, and Ran is really the. He's got the, the, the big overview, deal with the coaches, pick the players, et cetera. But, you know, you don't have to bog yourself down with a bunch of majoring in the minors, as they say. True. But he is still going to be the guy that, you know, as the general manager will pick the players, oversee the draft, and do all the things. He's essentially going to had the same role that John Robinson had and way back when that Floyd Reese had. I think this is huge. And now we just, we know. Like, now we know a little something. 
Sure, absolutely. I think it clarifies a lot of things that were going on over there. You know, they were very uh, shrouded in mystery, shall we say, once Mike Vrabel was fired, when Rand Carthen didn't give much information in terms of the vision and where who was answering to who and all that. Well, all that's been clarified now. And then with the hiring of Brian Callahan as your head coach, you know what direction they're wanting to go as an organization. They're wanting to leave the 1980s behind and uh, three yards in a cloud of dust and wanting to come into the 21st century of modern football, uh, throwing the ball all over the place, finding weapons and protection for Will Levis and, uh, you know, building things around a quarterback, which uh, a good portion of the league is trying, which a good portion of the league has already done. And the other portion of the league is already is trying to emulate. So officially, Rand Carthon now carries the title of executive vice president slash general manager. Chad Brinker has been promoted to president of football operations, which is a which new is role. A new role and kind of encompasses a lot of different things. I mean, it sounds like he's going to be over everything from the analytics to uh, the video and the communications departments, also uh, the grounds as far as security and all those sorts of things, but he's still also going to have his hand in scouting. So Chad Brinker is going to end up wearing a lot of hats in this, uh, the way this thing is set up, it sounds like. And then, of as course, President of football, Rand Carthon and Brian Callahan will report to Rand Carthon as well. As President of Football Operations, Brinker will provide executive leadership and support for the entire football side of the organization, his day-to-day -day responsibilities will include direct oversight of the football departments that address salary cap management, analytics and strategy, communications and information systems, and team operations, including security, video, equipment, and grounds. Brinker will yeah, also I mean, can. I don't know about you, but you know, run, manage, you know, overseeing the, you know overseeing the guy that is managing the salary cap, which in this case it's Ben Marino, and overseeing the person who is heading up the security for the team, that that's that's pretty far-reaching spectrum right there. Brinker will also continue to provide scouting evaluations of top talent in both college and the NFL. I'm not sure when Chad Brinker is going to sleep. No. It's just... <laughs> Again, these are things that Rand Good luck to him. doesn't have to do. Thank goodness. I'm hoping Chad can delegate to someone else, at least something. You I'm know, sure he'll be able to delegate some of that, but there's gonna be a there's gonna be a lot of uh, late nights for Mr. Brinker, it appears. Well, he might have to, he might be able to delegate, but it's still it's his he's, job. No, he's still gonna have to answer for it. He, so. he he better be delegating to somebody that that knows what they're doing. Mm -hmm, well, because he's the the buck stops yeah at at brinker and <laughs> brinker is the one mm -hmm. you know <clears throat> i love that that the roles have been really well defined and we know who is in charge of what one of the things i found interesting about rand's job title was uh, essentially team medicine and well, I think uh, that's overseeing the training staff as well. Correct. And, you know, this team has dealt with a lot of injuries over the last two or three years. So I think he's going to be 
overseeing who they hire or fire as trainers and, and that sort of thing. My guess is that the, some of the current group can probably uh, pack their things. Uh, I would <laughs> guess that they're going to go in a different direction here. But uh, he will be the one in charge of overseeing the, that they have, you know, an adequate training staff and that uh, the players are well taken care of. And here's a theory I threw out on Twitter the other day. Tell me if you guys buy this. I think the number of injuries that the Titans have will probably decrease with their change in philosophy and change in style of play. And here's why I say that. When you play that smash-mouth, hard-hitting physical style that Mike Vrabel is very fond of, that Mike Malarkey before him was very fond of, and going all the way back that Jeff Fisher was fond of, well, it was okay to play that style 10, 15, 20 years ago, but now... With the NFLPA getting involved and cutting down on the number of off-season practices, cutting down on the number of, you know, outlawing two-a-days in training camp, limiting the number of physically, you know, physical padded practices that you can have during a season, plus the college is not sending as many of those types of players into the NFL, hmm. it's hard to get acclimated and stay acclimated to that style of play in today's NFL. And I think that that led to a lot of the injuries because the, guys the last part was huge. The that they're not used to it. They don't play that. that at the college level. So unless you're going to get a bunch of guys from Iowa and, you know, teams that play that type of football. It's tough to bring them into the league. That. And then, yeah. I mean, the, the colleges aren't sending out very many, you know, running backs that look like Derrick Henry anymore. And they're not sending out very many offensive linemen that are, you know, big massive blocks of granite like a Roger Saffold was. It's getting harder and harder to play that style. And then when you insist on playing that style, that's where guys get hurt because they're not acclimated to it. Well, and I read something today, and I don't know how accurate this is. You've been around the team a lot more than I have, so maybe you can confirm now or maybe not. I don't know. But I, I read something that, you know, Mike Vrabel was physically and mentally tough on players. And this staff, as you say, with this change in philosophy, nobody has a lighter offseason than the Bengals. That's going to make a difference. I think you're exactly right. Yeah, I think it's probably going to make it. It's going to. It's definitely a, uh, shall we say, a changing of the guard uh, over at uh, St. Thomas Sports Park, going in a different direction. Now, that's not to say that there won't be some injuries because football is a, is a rough physical contact sport. There's going to be some of that, but you know, with the way you condition and the style that you play, you can avoid some of those things that I think that that this team has fallen into in the last few years. I would agree. When we look at this this staff and, and as it's going to come together and, and, you know, how far away are, are we talking for a coaching staff? Because obviously you, you, you kind of need to get your guys in to evaluate what you have if you're Rand Carthen. Yeah, I mean, I think that process probably starts immediately. 
because uh, you're talking about having to leave for the Senior Bowl, I think, uh, next week, Sunday or Monday is when that starts. So you need some people in addition to your scouts who are already there. You need some people to uh, hit the ground running and start evaluating these players that are going to be at the Senior Bowl. And then before you know it, you'll have the combine, you'll have free agency. So I would think that over the next two weeks, Brian Callahan is going to want to have if not a full staff, certainly enough of a working staff that these evaluations can start because there's plenty of holes on this roster that have to be filled. And, uh, you know, not all of them are going to be, uh, you know, filled with players who are currently on this roster. I think there'll be some guys that they'll have, that they'll obviously move on from. That said, there may be a couple of guys who gotten a, who get a new lease on life because there's a new staff in town that evaluates them differently maybe than the previous staff did and, and one guy that I'll, I'll throw out there and tell me you know I'm, and I'm not saying that they would want to keep him but you know you need as many good cornerbacks as possible and Christian Fulton and Mike Brable obviously did not see eye to eye in terms of you know player and coach but Christian Fulton physically is a very talented cover cornerback, and those things don't grow on trees. So maybe that's a guy that gets a, another look from this coaching staff, a quick evaluation that says, hey, you know, let's let's see about, you know, offering this guy a little bit to come back here and let's see, if, you know, if he can make it work in a different system. Just throwing that out there. I'm not saying that Fulton's coming back. He may, he may want to move on from here after the experience that he had. But certainly this coaching staff is going to have to evaluate everybody that's on the roster and those about to exit the roster to see if there are guys that they want to hang on to. No doubt. Terry McCormick with your Daily Titans update. TitanInsider.com for more. Powered by Zen Sports. Terry, thanks. We appreciate it. All right. Tell us about Zen Sports, Terry. It's a new sports betting app exclusively in Tennessee the last few months, and I'm excited to share with you some big news. Now, when you sign up for a Zen Sports account, you will receive up to a $1,000 no-danger first wager. That's right. When you place your first bet in Zen Sports with up to plus 500 odds, you can be reimbursed for the amount of your bet up to a $1,000 maximum within 24 hours if the bet loses. And there's more good news. Zen Sports is rolling out its brand new VIP rewards program. This new VIP rewards program will allow top tier customers to earn more bonuses, comps, and perks. The VIP program is by invite only. So if you feel your Zen Sports Play qualifies for VIP consideration, please check out the program details and apply at zensports.com slash VIP. No other sports book will offer you a premier sports betting experience with 24-7 top-tier customer support and faster withdrawals than Zen Sports. So what are you waiting for? Get going and download their app at zensports.com today. Zen Sports, betting just got better. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-889-9789. Terms and conditions apply. Must be 21 and older and in Tennessee to bet. Smiles. These are the healthy smiles of real Delta Dental members. Folks with access to the nation's largest network of dentists and low deductible plans 
with 100% preventive care coverage, all backed by over 65 years of expertise. Go online or give us a call to learn about affordable individual plans that meet your needs. 1-855-844-0445. This holiday season, the largest lantern festival in the country returns to Nashville Zoo. Witness more than 1,000 handcrafted Chinese lanterns featuring brand new designs, including towering mythical beasts, a life-sized Santa's workshop, and a 100-foot-long dragon. Welcome back to Zoo Illumination at Nashville Zoo. Bigger, brighter, and better than ever. This is Chris Yao with Main Street Sports Today. Every show, Mo Patton and I welcome friends from all across the sports landscape, from high school coaches and reporters to national, college, and pro sports personalities. You never know who might stop by for a chat. She's on Thinking Out Loud, presented by Regions, and out of pocket with Alyssa Lang. It is, in fact, Alyssa, Alyssa Lang. Lang. I'm a little nervous. I'm going to lower the bar for guests now. Oh, I'd no. like apologies in advance. It sounds like CC Commissioner Greg Sankey. Got that radio voice. I know. It's a good sound. I I miss the radio too. (laughs) As do we. And then here's the other thing. You guys, you're spot on with the name. Everybody wants to be on Main Street. Everybody wants to be on Main Street. So and we reach every Main Street in Middle Tennessee. That's it. So when you are on Main Street and you are moving. You gotta love it. Like you're moving. I was impressed. <laughs> I'm glad someone. Welcome back in. We are live at the Glass House, Murphy Center on the campus of Middle Tennessee State University again tonight. Jacksonville State is in town. For a conference USA matchup and looking looking forward to it. It's gonna be a lot of fun. And Chris, we, did Joe lose his windscreen? Oh, can you can you not are you not getting any I don't have a windscreen. Okay. He's not getting any audio. Uh, let's 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 try to turn him up then. How about that? Is that better? Let's see here. Is that can you hear me now? Yeah, I just didn't there have we the go. audio. Turn I him apologize. Up. Turn him up. <laughs> question. Now can we hear it? No, I can't can. because I have to turn you off. There we go. You should be able to hear it now. There we go. Okay, right. we're good. Hey, folks, look how they're treating me. I come here in person, and they, they, we, we I can't hear, come on. they can't, can't hear me. What? I don't understand. Well, we're just not very hospitable. <laughs> Joining us live here on Main Street Sports today, he usually joins us on Wednesdays at this time, but not usually in person. But Joe Sullivan of NashvilleHoops.blog, as we gear up for this matchup yeah. between – Jacksonville State and host Middle Tennessee State in Conference USA play. And uh, I'm just going to say, I'm not really looking forward to this one, given the past Conference USA performances of the home team. Can they get to 60? 60 points. Can they score 60 points? Can they score, can they score 65 points? I mean, that the, the, the offense is the question. Uh, Clearly. And, and and I, I don't see anything that makes me think that the answer to that question is it's yes. yes. It's true. I was just uh, looking over the stats uh, earlier today, and you know, three of their starters are shooting under forty percent for the season, and 
as a team, they shoot 27% from the three-point line, from behind the three-point line. Well, and here's the biggest thing, though, Joe. You shoot that badly on the shots that you are getting while you're turning it over more times than a baker. Yeah, they had like 27 uh, down in uh, UTEP. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you can't you, – that's a lot. If you shoot decently, you've got a chance – I don't think there's anything you can do to overcome 27 turnovers, to be honest. But yeah. but at the same time, you know, if you shoot decently, maybe you give yourself a chance. But when you shoot badly and you turn it over 27 times in a 40-minute game, that's that's not a recipe for success. Jim. No, and I don't know where he's going to find the offense. These just don't seem to be natural offensive players on the roster. Uh, it reminds me of an old Lou Karnasekis story. Do you guys know who Lou Karnasekis is? I do. I, I do. I knew you would know. No. So he's the old coach of St. John's when St. John's Georgetown with John Thompson Jr. Mm-hmm. was really a big rivalry. Luke Karnaseka was the coach of St. John's with Chris Mullen and Walter Berry, and those were great games. Uh, so, But Lou had a, a group that really shot poorly. Uh, his star was a guy named Curtis Redding who had transferred from Kansas State and really didn't pan out, and they couldn't shoot for all and so at all. And so Lou, for a couple of years, just had this team that couldn't shoot. And he said he tried everything. You know, they shot extra they shot less. They didn't shoot at all. He bought them T-shirts that said the gang that couldn't shoot straight. <laughs> Nothing worked. And he said, finally, he figured out the only thing that could work, graduation. <laughs> well, well, and and about, that may be what we're looking at here. Well, nowadays, you don't even have to wait till graduation. Yeah, right. now, so. Transfer portal. Mm-hmm. Thank goodness. But, okay, so, so how many minutes does Trey Green play tonight? Yeah, coming off of his six three-pointer performance in yeah. the loss at New Mexico yeah. State. I mean, you've got to give him more time. Right? I agree. You would, you, you would think he would find some playing time. Absolutely. Because so. <laughs> uh, they just need it. Shots. And, <laughs> it's, uh, they, and uh, uh, maybe some easy twos. You know, the, the three-point play, the shot is, is so uh, overwhelmingly, uh, uh, how can I say this, emphasized in, in today's basketball. Mm-hmm. But you know what? You can win a lot of games by shooting twos very well. And uh, you, you, you see it all the time. And, uh, in fact, on Nashville Hoops Stop Live, we note that occasionally as I campaign for good two-point shooting uh, okay. among basketball teams. And, it's a uh, campaign the, we can get by. The lost art of the mid-range jumper, right? Yeah. Man. yeah. It's, uh, and, look, I think, Mo, you make the best point. It, it starts with taking care of the ball. Make the most of your opportunities. Uh, if you if you limit your turnovers and get more attempts than the other team, now you're starting to find a. Uh, I mean, if you can get a shot off, you've got a chance. If you can't shoot, and you're not being able to shoot, then you're you're pretty well doomed. But um, and get good ones. It's got to be a good shot when it leaves your hand, whether and, it goes in or not. And right? Joe, as you've talked on on other segments with us layups i mean creating some shots with your defense that yeah. kind of thing lengthening the bench yeah. and trying to turn up the defensive pressure i mean that's got to be the way they've got to go at this point isn't it so i think uh nick would love to press more but you need to make baskets to set up your press and <laughs> so he's up against it with that too uh it's a, it's a circle huh? yeah it is a circle <laughs> thomas uh, flat circle it is but look they they have Jacksonville State tonight. No offense, they can win this game. Yeah, Jacksonville State's not great. And uh, well, well, that's good. And Florida International <laughs> on Saturday, now, also not great. Now, Jacksonville beat them, so now's the time. This is the time that uh, uh, 
uh, Middle Tennessee State needs to win. Just, you know, uh, Mo had the site up, uh, my, the National Hoops Top Blog site up over here, and, and, and I saw a headline we wrote that said, this week, the week ahead, Belmont really needs to win two games. So we could just say the same thing. The week ahead, Middle Tennessee nearly needs to win these two games. Belmont, unfortunately, did not win last night at Illinois State, and it, uh, they really never looked like they were going to win uh, no. all night. You know, and, and it was really interesting because you know, this team started out MVC play really hot. And then, of course, Jacoby Gillespie goes down and it feels like the wheels have fallen off. Yeah, Here's have. the good thing. As we've noted on this show and with you, in mid-major basketball, this part of the season really doesn't matter. Oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> I mean, you're going to get Jacoby Gillespie back when it really matters in regards to the to the NCAA tournament at least. Three days in St. Louis, yeah, in early March. <laughs> that's it. Uh, but uh, you know, a worthy discussion would be whether Indiana State's an at-large candidate. I think they are. And uh, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm not the only one. There's a lot of bracketologists out there. I'm biased. Joe Lonardi from ESPN is. One of the originators and and still the best, I think. It's a lot of good ones too. I don't mean we're to... we're, we're biased against Joe. We're oh. we're not Lenardi fans. All right, so I he's a good friend of mine. Well, Are tell we... him that he. Uh, oh, good. Let's see. His, his 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 bias against Tennessee is a problem. <laughs> <laughs> so you got to remember this about Joe. He has no biases when he's putting the bracket together. Uh-huh. It's all yeah. it's all mathematics. <laughs> it's all mathematics to him. Okay, and... so so after you get off, since you and Joe are such good friends, <laughs> so we're going to get a have a conversation. No. <laughs> Well, yeah, we, we'd love to get. Oh, no, we want to give it out over the air. Yeah, no, 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 uh, no, no. But, we don't want to do him like that. Not in this. What's that called? Doxing? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, we don't yeah. want to do that. Uh, it, it, honestly, he what he does is try to predict what the committee's doing. It's not right. what if, what he if, if Joe Lenardi was putting the field together, he would put Indiana State and a and Bradley in it or Indiana State. In sure. Okay. Uh, so because he knows that yeah. mid-major basketball is still pretty darn good. Yes, but he doesn't put the field together. And so he what he's not. trying to do is give you a realistic view of, of what the, the committee is correct. going to right. do. But he does have Indiana State in his next four out uh, today. Uh, he, You know, he does this uh, uh, every day. He's The bracket changes for Joe, and he has a daily email he sends out that I'm lucky enough to be included on receiving. So today, Indiana State moved into next four out, which means – they have a shot. They have to keep winning. Mm-hmm. And for for basketball fans out there, next Wednesday night, January 31st, Indiana State at Belmont at 630. Uh, that's a game that is, if you're going to go see a college basketball game uh, in uh, the Nashville area uh, this year, I would recommend that because I think Indiana State's really entertaining and interesting. And Belmont will be on their home court. So uh, maybe. You saw what that meant against Drake. Yes, exactly. And maybe Jacoby Gillespie will be back. That would really change things uh, so. for them. Uh, you know, again, as we've talked on this show on previous occasions, Malik Dia continues to come on. Yeah. And, you know, it's uh, – I wrote this today. So Malik is now the team's leading scorer. And there's nothing wrong with that except the fact that, like, Cade Tyson's point production has reduced and Malik has been able to pass him. I don't think that's necessarily a good thing for Belmont for Tyson to be scoring fewer points. Uh, it is uh, it th- the Missouri Valley particularly have been very physical with him, and he's had to fight for everything. Uh, and he's he's had a difficult time. He's still you know he's still averaging 17 points a game, uh, so it's not 
he's not a detriment to the team. That's not what we're talking about. But you know, he should be out, or he could be averaging like 20 points a game if Belmont was being Belmont, scoring 80 points plus a game. In this four-game losing streak that Belmont has, they're they're scoring about 72 points a game. Well, and 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 you have to wonder how much of that is fatigue. Yeah. I mean, you mentioned that here. Kay Tyson played 39, Isaiah Walker 32, Dia 27. Mm. Which I, I, foul trouble. I was going to say, that, that had to be foul trouble. Yep, foul trouble yeah. 33 for Keyshawn Davidson and JC. JC. JC Willingham, 38 minutes. So when they get, Jace Willingham is a graduate transfer from Lee University, mm-hmm. uh, who's a very good Division II player. But I guarantee you, if we had put the lie detector on KJ Alexander <laughs> in in November and said, "How many minutes a game is uh, Jace Willingham Willington going to play?" The, the answer would play. not have been thirty eight. The answer would not have been thirty eight. And see, that's that's the positions he's in. Uh, right. Uh, and it's uh, he's a decent player, but I, you know he would be great as the seventh eighth man. I think, but not playing but thirty eight minutes. Correct. Yeah. And, and that's that's the problem that Jacoby because you you've said it. You know, Casey likes to play eight. He's only been able to play six, maybe seven, and then you take. I think he'd like to play nine, ten. Yeah, and and you take Gillespie out. That's just another body yep. that he's not able to play at a high level. And, and that's when you get minute totals like and that. And that's that's what this is. So Belmont has finds itself in a really precarious situation overall in that they've got they've got probably one of their best two or three players that's not able to play, forcing them to play guys who shouldn't be seeing a lot of NBC minutes. That's true. And Gillespie uh, is important in both offense and defense. You know, he puts pressure on the other team's guards, uh, and he, he can start fast breaks off the of steals or after baskets, uh, which give you easy baskets. And, you know, Casey has pointed this out. We, they haven't been getting the easy baskets. And Gillespie has a lot to do with that. He's a terrific player, and uh, – they need them sooner rather than later. But it's a wrist injury of which they're not giving the details about, uh, just that he is continuing to uh, rehab the injury and is expected to play at some point this now, season. You said the the cast was off. Correct, yes. So we were, we were at the game last Saturday, and you could he was across the court, and you could see where he used to have a hard cast, and now it's it was like blue claw. So he definitely uh, has uh, made progress, I would say. Uh, Dr. Sullivan here would say he's made some progress because the hard cast is off and the soft one's on. That would seem to be progress. It's logical, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Tennessee State with a good road win up at Western Illinois over the weekend. Jason? Uh, Jatobo. Thank you. (laughs) You can say it. No, Penny Collins taught me. Okay. Yeah, he, he trained me. Yeah, with, with the game-winning basket with three seconds, uh, I believe it was it three seconds left. I think so. Yeah. I think so. Yes. As they won 58-57, so now they their reward is to go back to Illinois again this coming weekend <laughs> to play life in the OBC. Yeah, no doubt to play <laughs> at Eastern Illinois. But um, they've had a week. They will have had a week off yeah. to kind of heal up some bumps and bruises and that kind of thing before they go back out on the roof, on the road. But they'll have a little confidence, I would think, from that Western Illinois victory. Would, and, and this is a team that, again, has some expectations on it in the Ohio Valley Conference. Yeah, and so the game before they had the home victory, uh, uh, at that, and I'm, I'm sorry, I'm drawing a blank on the opponent, but, but 
forgive me. Mm -hmm. But it was a home OVC victory, and uh, uh, I guh it was Lindenwood. Maybe I have it wrong. I think it was Lindenwood. And uh, uh, Penny says it's the best game they played all year. So then they come back, and they go on the road, and they beat Worcester and Illinois. All this without Marcus Fitzgerald, their senior point guard, who has a thumb injury, and is, you know, he was supposed to be back. Uh, but you know who's taking his minutes is uh, Justin Williams, uh, like a 6'4 sophomore from Los Angeles. And he has really come in and done a great job for them. Uh, but I think, uh, you know, uh, Jalen Jones is playing well again. He had a little little slump there. And you know I'm high on him talent-wise. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and as you say, Jatobo is a monster. You know, he is, he's 6'10", 300 pounds. Uh, there's no one in the LBC who really like can match that, that side. Mm -hmm. And I know uh, Penny's strategy, and I'm sure they'll try to do it again Saturday, uh, is uh, when they go to Eastern Illinois, is they pounded at him to start inside out, out to Christian Brown after that. I think that is a great strategy. Uh, and just looking ahead for Tennessee State, another great game, February 1st, which is Thursday night next week. Mm -hmm. Moorhead State comes to Gentry Center in a crucial OVC game. Now, if they were to beat Eastern Illinois, they'd be 5-3, and three, and they'd have more head coming in. That shapes up as a really big game for them. TSU has won their last three. They beat Lindenwood at home. They beat Tennessee Tech at home. Tennessee Tech is the game. West. I'm sorry. Thank yeah. you. That He said it was the best game they played all year. They, they won really, at 85-53. Yeah, they, they looked great. And uh, uh, So we've talked about them being a talented team. And haven't fulfilled it all the time. They've, you know, injuries have been a problem, but there's potential there. So it's, uh, I, I think we should stay on top of Tennessee State as a team that has a chance uh, in the OVC still. The last time we talked to you, we mentioned that Lipscomb was the most likely team to make the NCAA tournament, and they promptly lost due to 19 three-pointers from Central Arkansas. <laughs> <laughs> now again that's that's an anomaly that's not going to happen very often in in any level of basketball so you can't put a whole lot of stock into that but Lenny Acuff says thanks yeah, yeah well, <laughs> um, and, and, but but Lenny Acuff and his team did that bounce back. never happens around here <laughs> sorry we'll talk to right. you later <laughs> anyway they come back get a big win over tuna yeah, and so, the, the, you know, Lenny said there's like uh, three games a year where there's nothing you can do about the other team just going to do something well, so that. excellent that you can't uh, counter it. And he, he threw that game, the Central Arkansas game, into that category. Mm. But now in the Central Arkansas game, they, uh, Will Pruitt, who we know what an important player he is uh, for them, got a hip pointer, uh, and he did not play Saturday. Uh, but they, they, they won anyway. Uh so they, you know, they rebounded with a great second half to win that game on Saturday, and now they have ahead of them the Florida. We're three consecutive games in Florida, Oof. and uh, it starts at Gulf Coast, and then they who beat Florida Atlantic earlier this year, Dunk City, and then they go to Stetson, who is a decent unit, and then North Florida uh, is the third game, and North Florida was really picked near the bottom of the league, but I think they're third in the standings. They've really surprised <laughs> people, and North Florida. Uh, leads the nation in uh, three points, three pointer attempts per game. They they shoot more threes than any team in the country. Mm. So they they uh, pose a, a certain challenge. Uh, so look, uh, Lipscomb uh, Pruitt. I talked to him after the game. He's every day he's trying to play. Uh, he's a tough kid. 
So yes. if, he can, if he can, he will, uh, and they need him. They really need him. Chris, you I, made I'm a down, comment. I'm down to two. I got two left. That's what I was going to ask you. Okay. <laughs> That's what I was going to ask Are we going to Vanderbilt now? Yeah. Um, Chris mentioned a week ago mm-hmm. that this upcoming four-game stretch for Vanderbilt, at the time it was upcoming, it was Auburn, Mississippi State, Tennessee, and Auburn. Uh, it was five. We were talking about Ole Miss, too. It's Ole yep. Miss. We were talking okay. about Ole Miss, yeah. Okay. So at Ole Miss, at Memorial against Auburn, at Mississippi State, at home against Tennessee, and at Auburn. Things that started, they were going to win one of those five. Things started really well in an Auburn game, and then I started watching, and Auburn went on a 10-0 run, and I was like, well, my bad. I was just about, <laughs> I was just about to tweet that the Chris Yao uh, playoff to the competition theory yeah, is in place. And, and then they and just then didn't. <laughs> fell off the cliff. It's because I started watching. I promise you. you <laughs> they were up 16-15. I stopped watching after it was 28-16. Well, Vanderbilt fans would probably pay you to not watch then if yeah. that's the case. Well, if that's but, a good way to I'll, I'll take it. So, so we know how well Tennessee's playing, though. Yeah. Yeah, but we but it's also, memorial. It's memorial. And it's it's a rivalry game. And battered ball syndrome is real. Yeah, I mean you're 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 gonna have a tough time talking him into the idea that Vanderbilt can't win this ball game. But I'm gonna say this: I don't know who for Vanderbilt matches up with zero. Connect. Zero. There ain't nobody on the team. I don't know that Jerry Stackhouse could match up with him. Jerry still looks like he could play, by the way. He does look like he could play. Great. And he might take that as a challenge. And I've always said that he, he, uh, he can really wear a suit. Like, and he, he really, he out, you're gonna, he's going to outdress everybody. He just looks great. Yeah, so. if, if, he des- if he decides that's what he wants to do, that's the best you're looking done. Thing in <laughs> yeah, yeah, without question. But yeah, th- I mean, this, this Saturday game, Tennessee, is Tennessee up to five this week? They were, yeah, they were five, and what was I think they were, I think they're four. Are they four on, on Monday? We, we've not talked about this week's AP. We poll, have not but. talked about the AP basketball poll this week. We typically do. We yeah. have not. So that's a good question. I don't know the answer. Yeah, no, but at any rate, and plus they're playing offense they so much fifth. better now. They Co- were sixth. You know, connect the dots, and that guy. Yeah. I mean, it's he's just really. Cool. The more I think about it, I don't understand how he's not number four. I mean, you said it first, and it, it just kind of, whenever I watch him, it's like, how? Sir, it was right there. It was right there. And I mean, how did, nobody, three? how did nobody at UT say, are you sure this is the number you want? Four is not the number. Are you sure? You, you don't want four? How do you, how do you we're, not We're going to give you four, four anyway. Yeah. I would have just made, yeah. you just, you are connect force. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but he is, he has been probably one of the best players in the conference and, 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 in the Southeastern Conference, Conference this year. It may, you perhaps, could say country. Perhaps the, the, <laughs> At the times. country. Okay. At times. I mean, and when he goes for 25 and people are saying he had a bad night, that's... <laughs> so I think he had his limits uh, limited at some point in the season because I guess Rick wasn't happy with him on the defensive end. But that, <laughs> that, that never happens. <laughs> but, but I yeah. think that's changed. He figured uh, that out. And uh, now that he's playing, you know, the minutes he's playing, he, he, we see what he's doing. He's an incredible story. That as a high school senior, he was only five foot four, if that's accurate. And he went to junior college, and did well enough there to go to Northern Colorado and play two years there. So the Scotty Pippen growth spurt. Yes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, and it's uh, and look at him now. They're starting to talk about him as an NBA player. 
I mean, you, if you can score at that, uh, you know, at that level that he is scoring at right now, and and you know, and like you said, Mo, I don't know that Vanderbilt has anybody defensively who can match up. It's with with not just him. I, there's nobody underneath that that can play with Adu or uh, Awaka. Awaka. So, I, I mean. There's no reason Tennessee should not win this basketball game other Except. than it's in Nashville at <laughs> Memorial Gymnasium, and that's the only thing that, that scares me because there was no reason that Tennessee last year shouldn't have gone into Memorial Gymnasium and won, won the basketball game, and yet. They didn't. So, Joe, let me ask you something because we had someone on the show late last week, I guess, um, Dave Hooker from Off the Hook Sports up in Knoxville. I don't know how much you've seen UT or Connect. Some, not, not, you know, mostly concentrated on the local schools here. He mentioned that Dalton Connect is the best scorer, I guess, at UT since fill in the blank. And he filled it in with Bernard King. Bernard with- King? <laughs> it's a long time ago. Bernard King's my age. <laughs> but, I mean, exactly. <laughs> that just goes to show. Is it, what about Ron Slay? Ooh, Slay was good. Slay no, was I really love good. Ron Slay as a oh, oh, you have to love Ron Slay as a player. We played with not only could he score, but he played with such exuberance mm-hmm. and happiness. Gosh. Oh, absolutely, yeah. And, and has continued that in his oh that exuberance off the court life. Yes. Let me just tell you. <laughs> yes, yeah, he's he's a joy on on the SEC network. But um, I think Connect is a lot more dangerous in a lot more different ways than Slay was. Uh-huh. But yeah, um, but if we're using the Bernard King in the same sentence, that's that's, uh, that's that, saying a lot. Just just the fact that you are having that conversation. Do yeah. We, do we have to include Ernie Grunfeld then too, or are we just going to because he's a forward? We're going to just include. Uh, <laughs> I guess I guess probably that's it. Yeah. Sure, Ernie could deserve a mention here in this too. Uh, wow. All right. Well, I didn't think of him in those terms. I'll admit that. Take another look. Uh, <laughs> I, yeah. Chris, what else do we have for? At Globe Sullivan. Well, uh, we've, I, we've touched on all of the teams. I have something for you Please guys. Please go for it. Talk to us. So we, we've talked on the show about uh, Robbie Avia, mm-hmm. the Indiana State uh, 6'10", 300-pound center. and Scuba uh, Steve, as Chris likes to call it. So do you know at, at Indiana State this Saturday, there is a giveaway. They're giving away Ro- Robbie Avila goggles to the crowd. That, that he wears when he plays, yes. like the ones Chris wore in junior high. Was yes, that? that's right. In junior high. high. Until I was so you got to go to the Indiana State game to get your uh, Robbie Avila. I don't need to. I've got, <laughs> you got your own. I've got some. You the can house. skip Terre Haute, huh? <laughs> I can. I can skip Terre Haute this time anyway. I see. I, I was watching them uh, against Murray on Sunday night, uh, and I'd seen him play, but Avila. I guess I didn't. He just he impressed me so much with his passing. Uh, and lots of times you'll see big men get the ball in the low post, you know, and they'll pass out for threes. But he's getting the ball to other people, like on the other side of the lane, for dunks. Hey, uh, that is just like the double team comes and the right precise moment he gets it over cleanly to the guy, like in a good place. He's extraordinary. He Being really able is. to see the court like that is is something that is. Almost unique to Terre Haute, to be honest with you. Oh, <laughs> very good. I mean, let's, let's be real here. But but the vision of, of a guy that size, you can't teach that, and that is 
that, that is professional basketball level stuff. You, you see that that's something you don't even see at the NBA level very often. Yeah. And so it, what it, if he it, didn't wear the goggles? You think it'd be the same? I wonder if he's got mirrors in there. <laughs> <laughs> that would, that's next level right there. Mirrors in Might the Might explain a lot, it huh? It would. You got eyes in the back of your head. Well, as a matter of fact. <laughs> so I, I'm interested. I, I, uh, I followed him on Twitter today because of the giveaway. It showed up. And I want to see how interesting he is on Twitter because he seems like an interesting guy. <laughs> we shall see. You looking for him? Yeah, I, I was I was curious, and I don't even know is it I E or Y? Oh, it's so A E. Yeah. I E. Robbie. R O B B I E. Yes. There he is. Oh boy, if we can all put him on the screen for. Uh... Yeah, there it is. See. You gotta love it. And then they have like this the Clark Kent uh, thing. The there. glasses <laughs> and the, the the kids with the glasses. See, I needed. A, I, Horace Grant wasn't nearly as cool um, when I was wearing Rex Specs in in. 1998 to 2001. <laughs> it, it wasn't cool back then because you, you took them off and you had this big red mark right here. It, was, it, it just wasn't good. So anyway. Do you know I want to uh, say to you, Chris, here is uh, I, I did look a little further along in Vandy's schedule. Are we good? Uh, and, you know, so they're going to lose to Tennessee and Auburn in the next two games. They beat Dartmouth, like I said. If, if they, so that's their only win in their last 10 games. Goodness gracious. So after that, you know what comes out? Missouri at home, February 3rd, maybe. If, if they don't win that, then comes Kentucky Ooh. with their new seven-foot superstar. Who South Carolina just beat in Columbia by 17 last Drugged. night. And yeah. guess where Vanderbilt goes after Kentucky? South Carolina. To South Carolina, <laughs> to Columbia. So, and then Texas A&M comes to Memorial. Then they go at Tennessee. Man, I don't like the sound of this, Joe. <laughs> and then Georgia comes to Memorial. Maybe you can exhale now. I don't think Georgia, I mean, Georgia's Georgia should have beat Tennessee. They're a pretty good basketball that. team. Yeah. yeah. So, so I, I, yeah. It's, it's Missouri or bust. Is that what you're saying? I think so. Mm. And only because it's here. Yeah. If it were in Como, if it were in Como I don't know. think they get that one. Goodness gracious. So it's it's sad. It's it's uh, it's unfortunate. It's tough. Well, it and really that's it, it. And it is unfortunate because I mean, Stack getting the the extension, having the season that they had in the conference play last year was so encouraging mm-hmm. for Vanderbilt. And then it's just like Vanderbilt happened. And, and and I don't say that because I'm a Tennessee fan. I'm trying to knock Vanderbilt. I, I I try to, you know, get them the due that they are deserved, that they deserve most of the time. But it's just it's Hist- so, that they deserve historically. historically. Yeah. But it's it's just so weird that this and, and maybe it's the transfer portal. Maybe, you know, maybe that's part of it. I don't know. But Vanderbilt is better than this. Vanderbilt should be better than this, and Jerry Stackhouse should be able to recruit better than this. Yeah, I don't know what happened. I, but. So at the transfer portal, it, you got to recruit as astutely in the transfer portal as you do as you recruiting high school if players. If not better. So Rick Barnes gets Dalton Connect, and the transfers. Now Vanderbilt, like Ezra Manjan, 
good player out of the transfer portal for, ben, for Vanderbilt. Sure. That that one worked. But the ones that came in, the other three. And then know, the kids that go out. Yeah. Evan Taylor. The, the kid to LSU. They just didn't. The, oh, the kids um, they brought in just aren't good enough. Right. Yeah, Jordan Wright playing at LSU. Jordan Wright being at LSU. Miles um, Miles Studies at South Carolina. DeSue is Dylan DeSue is at Texas. Correct. I mean, I mean, you put those three guys on this team, and Vanderbilt's ooh. a very good basketball team. Yeah, so retention's a big, is you know, important. Yeah. And you wonder why? Like, what's the issue? Is it is it the basketball issue? Is it the academic issue? I don't know what the issue is because I mean, if you are a basketball player. And you have aspirations of playing at the next level. Why would you not want to play for Jerry State? Yeah. For a guy who played at played the at the next level and did it pretty damn well. And you know who we didn't you know who we didn't mention as you went through that is uh, Malik Diaz. There you go. Um, who uh, they could use? Absolutely. Joe Sullivan of NashvilleHoops.blog joining us here on Main Street Sports today, as he does every Wednesday. I'm not sure that it will be live next Wednesday, but we look forward to having you on again, Joe. Wasn't this fun? It's fun being in the arena. I'm looking forward to the game tonight. And look, I I don't root per se, but I I, I want Middle Tennessee to win. You know, well, so. you can get oh, out. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm on Mo's side this time. <laughs> you have to sit. You have to sit in the middle and and be, and be neutral. Uh, we're gonna let, let's take a quick break. You can stick with us. We've got one more segment, and it's called Wild and Wacky Wednesday, the weirdest and wildest news from across the world. We're gonna get into it. So we'll take a break. We'll be right back on Main Street Sports today. Stick around. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact us at 931-381-2663 or www.mtbj.net. With Lee Company Technology, the best handymen are hands-off. Lee Company Techs have been using visual findings and other smart technology tools for years to add transparency and virtually take customers along. You see what we see, whether we're in a crawl space or on a roof. With Lee Company, technology helps us help you, no matter what's happening in the world or at your house. Jones and Lang Sporting Goods here in Columbia has been outfitting teams, officials, and anybody else from T-ball to college for 50-plus years. Be sure and check them out at 931-388-8060 or online at jonesandlang.com. Jones and Lang Sporting Goods, the look of a winner. Zion Christian Academy, zioneagles.org or 931-388-5731. You can schedule your appointment. Go toward their campus. It is beautiful over there, and you're definitely going to want to see it. Again, it's zioneagles.org. Give them a call, 931-388-5731, and schedule your tour today. Custom Stone Handler supplies over 600 distributors and suppliers with quality stone products. Along with River Stone, we produce and distribute over 100 building, landscape, and other bulk products. Our goal is to provide quality products, service, and partnerships to ensure our customers' success. We firmly believe that the measure of any person or company is how they treat other people and customers. Give them a call at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. A game without a crowd is just a scrimmage. A performance without an audience is just a rehearsal. Without your presence, high school sports and the performing arts aren't possible. 
ensure that these essential extracurricular activities continue to enrich the lives of students in Tennessee. Purchase a ticket to your local high school's game or performance. This message presented by the TSSAA. Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. We specialize in orthopedic service and our ortho quick walk-in clinic lets you bypass the ER. Visit us online at www.mtbj.net. Welcome back in. Time now for the weirdest and wildest news from across the world. And we'll start in sports with a very, very weird story out of Texas Christian. <laughs> I won't call them TCU. Thank you. This time. They, they lost the ability to be called TCU when they got beat by 60 points in the national championship game. So that is no longer their name on this show. They are now Texas Christian. You, you are Texas Christian henceforth. And <laughs> out in Fort Worth, the, the women's basketball team started off 14-0, found themselves in the AP Top 25, and were rolling until a couple weeks later, Sedona Prince and Madison Connor. Two 20-point scores, and then veteran point guard Jaden Owens all go down injured. They then had to forfeit two games. And instead of forfeiting until those players returned, Mo, what did they do? Held for outs. They started posting up on the telephone poles and in the, the activities building from across all of the campus of Texas Christian if you played basketball in high school, you could be on our team. Well, they got four of them. Forty players tried out. Four players walked on, including Sarah Sylvester, TCU volleyball player. Sarah Sylvester, who actually got into a game in a 66-60 win over UCF. She scored? Uh, she did not score, but ah. she did play. In a six-point game. And I, I, listen, the fact that if you're the volleyball coach at Texas Christian, how do you feel about this? Listen, Sarah, I, I appreciate but your your enthusiasm. enthusiasm but, but I'm listen. not sure this is a great idea. So Sedona Prince, you, you were saying that name. I'm like, that name sounds familiar. Uh-huh. She played at Texas. She played at Oregon. Yes. And now she's at TCU, and she's hurt again. She also played for the USA national team. No, she was. she's a great player. I mean, yeah. she was the reason they were 14-0 and and ranked in the top 25. Six foot seven. Uh, yeah. Yes, please. Broke her ring finger on her right hand in the opening seconds of TCU's first game in 2024 hmm. against Baylor. Hmm. She still played the game. Finished with 20 points that? and 10 rebounds, by the way, with a broken with finger. With a broken finger. I told you what TCU's problem was, though, right? They hired the wrong Mark Campbell. They hired the wrong Mark Campbell. Their coach, Mark Campbell, came in from the West Coast, but they probably should have got Union University legend Mark Campbell, who has won like 600, 700 games in his career. And is a is a Franklin Road Academy graduate. Oh well, FRA just cranking out coaches, baby. The cradle of coaches. <laughs> Will Wade and Will Wade, who apparently is in play at DePaul. Listen, 
Okay, Joe, <laughs> Wild and Wacky is out because we got to talk to you about this. I'm, I meant we tried. To, I meant to talk about this. Can you imagine that conference, Shaka Smart, uh, uh, gosh, what is the kid's, the guy's name? The, the, Xavier, Sean Miller. Sean Miller, Will Wade, um, Abata, Abata. Tad, Thad, Thad, Thad Mata. Thad Mata. Is it Butler? Mata. Yes. He's at Butler. He was in play at Alabama before Nate Oates got hired. Yeah. This could be a it is this could be a conference full of some of the best coaches in the country, much less mid majors. So uh, we do have to weigh Will Wade's uh, reputation and history before a school like DePaul, with we hopefully uh, some good Christian values. Uh, oh, you mean like Keith Reese and, Li- and Liberty? Yeah, well, yeah. exactly. Yeah, this is this is hypocrisy the, there. Also, this is the DePaul. Uh, what what did they call Nick Saban's coaching clinic or whatever? Or coaching rehabilitation center. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's the DePaul uh, coaching rehabilitation center where yeah. they they they, they build him back. Xavier <laughs> didn't hesitate to hire Sean Miller, who's a, you know mm-hmm. was fired for cheating, and uh, at Arizona. But but Xavier so desperate to uh, be still legitimate in the Big East, hired him. Uh, and uh, so I guess I guess if, if Xavier could do it, maybe DePaul could do it too. Uh, it's, uh, I tell you, we'll wait. I, I did watch McNeese State play the other night. Uh, you know, they're 17-2. and two, They're good. And uh, he brought in a bunch of transfers. It's a whole new team. And uh, they had a guy from Texas Christian, uh, Sedona Wells, Who's who's their star? That's wild. And uh, I, no, she, I, no, no, I got it confused. Oh, okay. It's not her name. That's her name. Uh, I'm messing up his first name. Wells is his last okay. name. It's an S. It's an S. And it's like Shahada or something like ah, that. Okay. Shahada Wells. I got it. Finally got it. Uh, so I think, and Will Wade won at LSU by buying players, and uh, they have him on tape, and then he won at VCU uh, also. Uh, so he's a winner. Hmm. And DePaul could use that. There's very few people left walking the planet that remember when DePaul was good. Uh, I'm one of them. You know, I, I remember Mark McGuire. <laughs> yeah, and uh, uh, even uh, after that, they had great players. DePaul was a was a very legitimate program even in the in, into the '90s when I was you know, growing yeah. up watching basketball. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, it, it it certainly has the history to be great, but. Is Will Wade the guy to get them there? I, I'm just saying that the the level of coaching in that conference in the Big East is just absurd. If right now, and then you add Will Wade to it, I'm going to say two words to you in in reference to Will Wade. Blue chips. <laughs> yeah. Don't tell like Bob Cousy and Blue chips. Mm. Mm. Don't tell me a thing. I don't. I don't want to know. I don't want to know. Uh, it is. Uh, it would be disgraceful to Paul hire Will Wade. It's disgraceful to McNeese State. I, I, you know, it's. Uh, I know things have changed, and now there's NIL. But you know, NIL is being abused, no doubt, by Will Wade. Uh, <laughs> well, I'm not sure. I'm not, you pay. know, Lake Charles, Louisiana, Liddy Bessie girl. I once. I was going to say. Yeah. It, it, <laughs> if, if she, you, did uh, win some, she did win some money on them horses. Yeah. So, so maybe that's where it's coming from. I don't know. <laughs> Oh uh, goodness! It, oh, hey, uh, let's we, get out of here. We gotta go. But as there's the horn, there we go. We gotta go. We'll see you guys tomorrow at two o'clock here on Main Street Sports. Day.